Hey there, and welcome to Activate Your Massive Brand. Today, we're talking about the health of your business and how to check on it, how to check the pulse of your business. So if you are someone who's looking to grow and scale your coaching business, if you're looking to have a more engaged team, if you're looking to have uh, clients who are getting the best results ever, then this podcast episode is for you. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello and welcome to Activate Your Massive Brand with Tanya Watkins. This podcast was created for professional and creative women in business who are looking to create a personal brand that stands out, package their greatness, and monetize their hustle. Tanya, the founder of Massive Brand Consulting, is a high-ticket monetization coach and brand expert who believes that with smart hustle and savvy marketing strategies, you can become a boldly confident influencer in your market, build a loyal and engaged community, and create much more than a six-figure business. All right, welcome to episode 41. So for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that I love my checklist. Um, I love to have an organized episode, uh, but every once in a while I get a little riffy, and so I feel like I'm leaning into that energy today. Uh, So bear it with me. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. Hopefully after this episode, you'll want to subscribe and learn more about what we do here at Massive Brand Consulting. Uh, But really this, you know, my heart has been for the past few years um, to work with women who have so much passion and talent to share their gifts. Um, And so what we've been doing over the past few years is helping them execute on that, building offers that really showcase their talent, but also provide amazing solutions for their clients um, and do so in a way where they can still live life, breathe air, have fun, make babies. (laughs) Um, be, you know, the best wife ever, the best, best friend ever, and all of those things. And so that's kind of what prompted this episode today. Um, Because I feel like there's there's just so much that you can do within your business that one, can move the needle, or two, make you feel like you are moving the needle, but you're just busy, right? And so I really want us to differentiate between busy work and what's driving sales, what's driving and producing results, and what are some of the action steps that we're taking that, yes, can help us in the short term, but truly what's gonna build a long-term sustainable business that you can eventually step away from where you are not the doer, the everything, the technician, the manager, the visionary, the the (laughs) innovate, like everything, right? And so, that's in my heart over the past few years, really. Like, how can we build these coaching businesses so that we can provide more jobs, provide, you know, clear and concise ways to, to get transformation? And it's not on our shoulders directly. So with that being said, I have a lot <laughs> that I want to cover. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. And one of the things that I feel like I talk a lot about, but still not enough, is knowing your numbers. It's safe to assume that a lot of women, a lot of us in the coaching industry uh, underestimate what it's going to take to get to our revenue goals. And so first off, what is the goal for the year? So you should already know what you're looking to hit this year. Um, What is that compared to last year? So if you were in business last year, then what's the percent increase over last year's sales? 
Uh, if you were in business the year before that, what's the percent increase over that year's sales? Like you should really want to know how am I, how is this business growing, right? And then looking month to month. Well, what do we bring in in January? What do we bring in in February, March? And how am I tracking based on last year's results, based on this year's results? Because you want year over year, month over month growth, right? So if that's the case and you say, you know what, I want a 20% increase over last year's sales, that's going to bring me, you know, $250,000 this year. I know that each month I need to be bringing in at least $25,000, whatever the case may be, right? Then you also need to know what is it going to take from a traffic, leads, and then client's perspective, right? So let's just keep the, let's just, we'll keep the, we'll actually put 300,000, right? We want $300,000 in revenue for this year. We know we have 12 months to do it. That means we need $25,000 in revenue each month. So what does that look like in terms of your clients, right? How many clients do you need to have in your business to have $25,000 per month? Now you could guess or you could take your information from your previous months and say, wow, on the months that I had $40,000 in sales, this is what ended up happening. I had this many leads and this is my conversion rate, meaning X amount of people became customers from those leads. All right, so let's break it down even more. So let's say you have a goal of $300,000, right? And you have an offer that's a $10,000 offer. So you've worked with Massive Brand and we help you create your high ticket offer, right? It's $10,000 or more. For this example, we're going to say it's $10,000. And so that's your your client cost, like your client revenue, right? Every time you, you, you bill a client, it's $10,000. So let's say based on your, you know, research, looking backwards at your business, you realize a trend and you say, wow. Whenever I speak to, whenever I have five calls booked, I can always secure two new clients, right? So that means that no matter what, every month, if I have five calls on my calendar, then I'm going to get $10,000 in sales. So we know if we're looking to do 25,000, we have to book a few more calls than that, right? But then you look even further and you say, wow, I realize that when I have 25 conversations, so here goes that traffic number. When I have 25 really solid conversations, five of those end up turning into sales calls and then two of those people become customers. Now you know your numbers. However you get the, the 25 people, whether it's doing organic reach or whatever that, whatever that strategy is, like that's for another podcast episode. But really having that kind of finger on the pulse of what it takes to get your revenue in for that month is what what you, what you need. You need that kind of clarity. How many people am I talking to? How many of those people are turning to leads and what's my conversion rate? Okay, so knowing your numbers absolutely is one of the best ways to check the health of your business. And so honestly, it's do you know your numbers, period. Okay, um, next is your lead source. So I've been talking about this for a few weeks now, just even with myself and how I'm going about changing some of the things that I've been doing um, with my business as as I 
build on and do other things, launch the software that we're launching, um, have this baby, like this so much, right? But one of the things is understanding where are we putting the most effort to drive traffic and leads. Most of the time, when you are a content heavy business, meaning you use content creation to drive traffic and leads, oftentimes we're told to be everywhere, right? Especially with this kind of like omni-channel, we see a lot of corporations talking omni-channel, they wanna be everywhere, Um, they wanna be on every platform, but Macy's gets to do that (laughs) because it's Macy's, right? They get to have an omni-channel approach. When you're building a business and it's you and a team of two or three people, you really wanna be strategic as to how you show up because spreading yourself too thin does not get you to hit the numbers that we just talked about, right? So it's a matter of saying, where is my most reliable lead source? Where can I show up and just double down and know that no matter what, I'm gonna hit the 25 conversations that I need, I'm gonna have those five sales calls, and I'm gonna book my two clients, right? What is that source? You should be able to say, when you're doing X, Y, and Z on Instagram, these are the results. When you're doing X, Y, and Z on TikTok, these are the results, okay? So I feel like oftentimes we're like, well, I'm showing up and nothing's happening. Well, what are you showing up and saying? (laughs) What are you showing up and doing? How often are you showing up? And how often are you selling the program? So this actually is going to be another topic, another podcast that I'm going to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this. But the content matters. And I think a lot of us want to be thought leaders and we want to just step on our soapbox and just talk about how amazing we are and how forward thinking we are. Or we're looking to inspire or... We're looking to snatch edges and wigs and all that (laughs) really like bully marketing, like, you know, we see a lot online, but really and truly, are we getting to the heat, to the, to the, to the point of it, to, to the root? Am I sharing with you a solution for your needs? Am I talking to you pointedly and letting you know that my program, my offer is going to get you right next to your desired transformation. Okay, so yes, we'll we'll dive deeper into content, but what is that reliable lead source? And what am I saying and doing there so that I know no matter what, when I show up, results happen. So it doesn't have to be that you're everywhere. It could be that you are showing up in your, the, the place where maybe it's LinkedIn, maybe it's Pinterest, you know, you decide, well, you know, if you when you work with us, we'll figure that out with you. But that's where you show up. Everything else is extra. Until you get to a point where you have, you know, hit certain goals and metrics, where you're operating your business, where it's not just you doing all the things, when you're hitting your monthly recurring revenue goals effortlessly, then you can talk about being everywhere and being omnipresent. But until you get to that point, you have to decide Where's the one place I'm gonna show up no matter what? All right, so far we talked about knowing your numbers and having the reliable lead source, showing up there every day and selling the thing. So next is revenue driving content, RDC. Revenue driving content. 
am I creating and producing content that is going to directly affect my bottom line sales? So I love the live streams that talk about mindset and this and that. And I love the TikToks where you're dancing. I love all the things. I love all the creative ways that we get to express ourselves and show our expertise, show our fun side, show our family, show our daughters, our sons, our husbands, the new Tesla. I love all the things. Do these pieces of content drive sales? There's there's so much I wanna say about this, which is why I'm gonna break it down in another episode, but I feel like most content producers go one of two ways, right? We're either very techie, very how-to, how to build a business, how to do this, how to do that, without really sharing and driving the point that I'm telling you this because really and truly this information is just the tip of the iceberg that my services and my offer is really going to help you, right? And it it doesn't have to be that blatant, right? But I think part of it, part of what happens is we get nervous or we get scared or or we are oblivious to the fact that we're not actually selling. We're teaching. And some of us really love the how-to. We really love to share our value. We've been told, we've been conditioned to think, value, give value, give value, give value. And eventually they'll want to buy. Well, let me tell you something. That's not how it works. You don't just give value and then all of a sudden people are like, I want to buy everything. Just give me, give me all the checkout links. No, you have to say, hey, this is for sale. Come buy it. Trust me you're not going to have the floodgates open up people who want to just buy your stuff without you telling them that it's on sale just because you've been giving and providing value for the past six months. Does not work that way. Conversely, there's, there's a notion that if I become a thought leader and I just share what I believe, then eventually you'll see me as an expert and then you'll want to buy all my stuff which also is problematic because thought leadership, when you base your company built on, built your especially growing company built on thought leadership alone, you are disconnected from your client, your ideal client and their desired transformation. You're operating solely in ego, right? So we need to connect the dots. This is why I talk about packaging your greatness. This is the whole concept behind that. It's taking what you, you know, you have the passion for, you have the results that can back it up, you have the experience, and you are pairing that with what she needs, right? It's, It's twofold. It's how can I connect with my audience? How can I share and deliver information that will help her, but ultimately to show her that what solutions we offer are the best solutions for her. So her desired transformation in mind, your expertise equals her solution, okay? You have to start to create content in that way. Just creating content in a how-to, how to do this, how to do that is great. But if we're not pre-framing and we're not leveraging that content to position her to be a buyer, then it's for not. The same thing with thought leadership. It's great that you want to share your new methodology, but she doesn't care. (laughs) She really doesn't care. She wants to fix her problem. 
And if your method does that, then great. But we need the correlation. It needs to be an obvious correlation. So for you to say, I'm a thought leader, I'm going to just talk my talk. And then hopefully one day people, it'll click. Like, it does not work that way. So you have to know when you're creating, it needs to be intentional. What am I doing with this piece of content? What am I saying? What is the point? What do I want her to walk away with? What do I want her to do next? Who do I want her to step into? What do I want her to believe? What do I want her to believe about herself? What do I want her to believe about me, my company, my solutions, our methodology? And then what is she buying into? Ultimately, this is the biggest part that people miss. I need her to buy into my, if especially if you're a thought leader, right? Your self-proclaimed thought leader. You want her to buy into your method, your way, your solution, your process, so that eventually that she will buy the program. It has to be that specific. We need, we, it's not, we have a whole uh, training on this, be, believe, and buy. Like, how do I get her to believe um, in herself, in this program, in this opportunity, in our company, so that eventually she will buy into um, our way of thinking, our way of being, our way, you know, that way she knows, okay, this is a solution for me. I can see how your methodology works. I can see how the way you do business works for me, right? We have to be more strategic with the way we create, which is why I'm saying revenue driving content. So something so simple as having a call to action that I see so often where people are just publishing content and there's no way for anyone to get connected. So what's next? So what's next? You know, it really truly is a waste when you are creating, especially the those of us who are on all the time, right? Those of us who are creating posts every day, reels, TikToks, live streams, YouTube content, and at the end of it, your audience still doesn't even know what you do, who you serve, how you serve them, how they can get connected. I honestly, there's so many times where I'll watch someone's content and then I'll wait for like, okay, what's next? They don't say it. I'm like, okay, no worries. I'll go to their link in bio and there's nothing that points to an offer. And if I'm doing it, your audience is doing it too. Like I'm not the only one who's interested in buying stuff. There's people who are watching you and who see what you have, who see your intellectual property at work when you're showing off and showing your stuff and creating content, but then you're not sharing with them the opportunity. It's a huge disservice to her and a huge disservice to the growth of your business. That's the health of your business. Okay. So revenue driving content. What are we saying specifically? And how are we using this content to drive sales? All right. The next is basically two in one. I'm going to because uh, I know that I am going to probably go over my usual time. So I'm going to put these two together. Monthly recurring revenue and annual recurring revenue. So you're probably in a place where you are either starting to see that you are stacking payments or you're looking to stack payments or you've already been stacking payments and you want to do more of that. But this is something that I've been talking about at least for five years. 
uh, especially when I was when I had my agency, because for those of you who've ever run an agency, you know, you need the recurring revenue to breathe. Otherwise, <laughs> it's not going to work. Um, but this saves you because most coaches and consultants, because we offer one offs so often, one on one coachings, intensives and things like that, we end up not being able to build a sustainable business around the recurring revenue, which means that each month we're starting from a low point in revenue or we're starting from zero. We're having to all over again, here we go, it's March, here we go, it's April, what am I going to do to to drive sales? So if we're going to use that same example of the $300,000 that we're looking to do this month or this year, then we know that we need $25,000 in sales, in cash, each month to hit that revenue goal. Well, let's go back to that $10,000 offer. If I take the $10,000 offer and I divide that by 12, I know that I'm going to be able to uh, get a payment plan going for 833 at the very least. Now, whatever you do with the payment plans is on you. So if it's 10,000 paid in full, maybe it's, you know, a thousand a month um, as the payment option. So let's just say it's that, right? Wouldn't it be cool to know that you're stacking those payments, right? So wouldn't it be cool to know that every single month you're adding another three to $5,000 in recurring revenue so that over time, that $25,000 that you need per month is happening effortlessly, that you're walking into the month and you already have $20,000 in stacked payments so that eventually that you're able to move away from, how do I get a client? How do I get a client? And you become strategic about how do we grow this thing? How do we take what's working and maximize it? How do we position ourselves to start scaling? How do we take what we're doing right now and increase our customer satisfaction or our customer success? How do we get results faster for them? How do I increase my employee engagement? How do I increase my employee retention? Let's talk about retreats. How do I get my clients together in the same room? Right? How do I make these coaching calls more effective? How do I make the Facebook group more effective? What can I do to make the content in our, you know, database or in our learning system um, as efficient as possible? There's so many things that you can ask yourself about business building, driving more revenue and sales, building employee engagement, and also driving retention of your clients and your students. Those thoughts you can't even get to. Trust me, and trust me because I know because of myself and my clients, you can't even get to those thoughts when you're so worried about, am I gonna make my goal this month? Am I gonna hit the $25,000 this month to be able to hit the $300,000 this year? When you know that you're stacking payments and you have a way to drive sales because you have a reliable lead source and you know your numbers and you have revenue driving uh, content, you are so free. You can move on to the other things. Like I always talk about um, the conversation about how do I get a client is so elementary. How do I get leads? How do I get, how do I do, like that is not 
high level conversation. And honestly, when you're stuck there too long, you get to start to, you get to a point where you're, you're not happy with your business. You're not happy with your company and you're not waking up with the same fire that you had in the beginning. So you have to move away from that as soon as possible so you can have these high level conversations and drive better results. Because when you're focused on how to get a client, the clients that you do have are suffering because your energy is too split. And chances are you're split more so, probably more like 60, 40, 70, 30 on how to get more clients versus how do I really service and love on and drive results for the clients that I do have. And by focusing on stacking your monthly recurring revenue and even your annual recurring revenue, I say annual because I'm thinking a lot about my the, my software and all my software peeps that I've been meeting. because uh, we, we talk a lot about annual recurring revenue. But I will say a lot of my best clients have worked with me 18 to 24 months within Massive Brand Consulting. So it is something to consider when you are building out your programs and your offers, what do you expect? What is the best case scenario for your clients to work with you? Is it six months? Is it 12 months? Is it 18, 24 months? Like really, because we, in the coaching space, we churn, turn, and burn so fast. Churn, turn, and burn our clients so fast. When I first started coaching in this industry online, I think 2014-ish, 2015, the amount of um, 30-day offers, six-month offers, 90-day offers that I saw where people were not even interested in re-signing their clients. I, six week, that was, that really got me too. Like, you guys are selling six week packages and you're not reselling your clients. I don't, I, I never understood that. I never understood that. And I never put my business in a situation where I, like my clients knew, if you're gonna sign, girl, you're gonna sign. You sign on the dotted line. We're working together until you get the results that you desire. Um, and truly, why would you want to work with someone else if if it's working here? And I never understood that. You, you. She gave you a testimonial. She was happy with you. You were happy with her. And six weeks later, she's looking for a new coach. So I, I also conditioned my audience to know that that is great if that's how you want it, to churn, turn, and burn clients. But the best way to build a sustainable business is to drive customer lifetime value and to drive long-term retained clients. When you can resell a client, you're saving seven times the amount of money that you would spend to acquire a new customer. So it's also a savings on the company and it's a no-brainer, right? So what is your monthly recurring revenue right now? And what are you doing to increase that each month so that you're getting closer and closer to your revenue goal without having to start from zero each month? All right. Next is automation. So this is something that you really want to think about from different perspectives. You want to think about automation from the one perspective of leads, right? Like what can I have? What do I have in place? So what can I put in place over time? 
where I'm automating the process of driving traffic, leads, and conversion. Maybe it's running ads, maybe it's whatever, a Pinterest strategy, like you decide that, or we can figure it out together if you join our program. <laughs> uh, but that's one part of it, right? So I'm thinking about automation. I know I need to drive traffic, leads, conversion. Okay, boom. The next is how do I create a system of automation so that when I'm enrolling clients, I'm providing high-level enrollment experiences that don't require 100% of my time or my uh, team's time, right? So we want to think about automation from the lead generation perspective. We want to think about automation from the enrollment experience. The next part that we want to think about for automation is the customer or client experience. How can I leverage automation and systems to drive the experience of this customer or this client? Meaning how can I get help her get results using automation, using my systems, using my tools? Okay. And then the last part is how eventually she's going to offboard. So how can I leverage automation to offboard my clients as well? This, this is something that I love talking about because I feel like we have a lot of intuitive um, entrepreneurs in the space that are very much like, let's just do it how we do it. But really, when you think about building a sustainable, healthy, remember, this is about a healthy business that is growing month over month over month. There's certain things that you're doing manually that are taking away too much time and bandwidth. There are too many things that you're having your your assistants do manually that don't make sense because they could be doing something else. So, you know, one of the things that I talk about is t- walking through the workflow. What is the workflow of, you know, when we're putting content out in the in the world to for our traffic to see and consume, to build brand awareness, to start driving leads, to start getting cl- clients, what does that look like? What needs to be done by my hands? What can I automate? When a client or a customer says yes, when we go from from a lead to a customer and you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Now I'm going to go ahead and write this invoice. I'm going to go ahead and personally send this letter. I'm going to do all these things. And you spend the whole day enrolling a client when you could have been coaching your staff, right? So what are the what's the workflow when it comes to client enrollment? And what part of that can you remove from your hands and from your team's hand? And then again, when we talk about servicing, what can we do to increase the value of her service without increasing your output? And you want to create a, a workflow for offboarding because Oftentimes, we leave that alone. When a client stops working with us, we have no way of knowing what their experience was, what they learned, what they what, what they loved, what would they change? Do we get a testimonial? How can we, you know, push them into the next direction? Do they want additional services from us? This We lose so much information, so much data, so much, like, really important time that we could have spent learning about that customer. And also leveraging the customer's experience with us to drive even more sales. And there's things within the offboarding process that can be done 
on automation. So I want you to take a look at your workflows for those four things. Driving traffic, leads and conversions, the enrollment process, driving customer satisfaction and success. Those are two different things, success and satisfaction, meaning is she happy? Is she getting results? And then also offboarding. How are we offboarding our clients when the time comes so that we can have the information that we need to drive even more sales, but also to be able to uh, affect the clients that we currently are still serving and up-level the service and the satisfaction there. All right, so we've talked about reliable lead sources, knowing your numbers, having revenue-driving content, monthly and annual recurring revenue, having leveraged automation. The next is team, because we've talked about team a little bit. We've woven it in, but let's um, break down three things that I want you to consider when we talk about the health of your business as it relates to the team. One, who 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 are your players? Who do you have in place to help you drive your business? And here, three questions I want you to ask when you're thinking about your team and your your employees. One, are they bought into the mission? Do they, if you ask Sally Sue right now, what is the mission of our company and how does that affect you? She should be able to say and rattle off the mission of your company. She should be proud to do so. She should, she should be completely aligned to it and she should be thinking about it and it should be at the center of everything that she does every day. The next you want to think about is her tasks and duties. There's two things that we want to focus on. So for your teammate, Sally, two things. Is she driving sales through her duties or is she driving customer success and satisfaction? So when that means that when Sue is working and she completes her tasks for the week, are you closer to having more traffic? Do you have more leads and have you converted clients? Period. So if she's doing running social media for you, that's fine. If she's editing your podcast for you, that's fine. If she's, I don't know, going to get coffee for you in the morning, that's fine. At the end of the day, at the end of the week, Is she driving traffic leads or conversion? If she's not, then is she driving customer success or customer satisfaction? Meaning, is having Sally on the team helping your clients do better, be better, get better results? Is she a coach on your team driving customer success? Is she a part of your support staff driving customer satisfaction, right? So we're, we're talking about either sales, service, or support. So write that down. Sales, service, support. Is she driving sales? Is she driving service? Or is she driving support? And for each of these things, we need, this is my next point, KPIs. We need clear and concise um, key performance indicators to know that yes, she's doing it and she's doing it right. So it's great to say, oh my God, Sally, you know, she's on my team and she's one of my coaches in the program and my clients love her. Well, what what does love mean? 
how can we quantify love? Because <laughs> we want to be able to put love in a bottle and sell it. So when we say, oh my God, this my Sally Sue is so great when it comes to social media. All of my posts are always published on time. They look so pretty. She, you know, she's a Canva queen. Oh my, that's great. What are we seeing in terms of engagement on your posts? When Sally Sue publishes 20 posts on your platforms, how many leads does that produce? Of those leads, what is the conversion rate? Right? So we need to know the KPIs. And we need to clearly delineate where Sally Sue is living in your business. And again, hit me up if you want to talk about org charts. I love talking about organizational charts and really placing powerful players where they need to be placed. But sales, service, or support. And you need to know what happens when Sally's working, what happens when she's not, if is she in the right seat in the house, right? So imagine your business is a big house and you have a bunch of seats. Where is she best seated? Am I really leveraging the best of her in this department? And the last part is development and engagement. So one, is she bought into the mission? Okay, two, is she driving either sales, support, or um, client success? And also, how am I developing and engaging her? This, I'm gonna be honest with you, most of the time I don't see with my clients and even some of my colleagues. The conversation around development and engagement for the employee perspective is very low. And... I think this is a trigger for me because I spent 20 years in management, managing teams, managing and driving things like this. Like, how do I make sure that my employee is getting the development that they need? How do I make sure that my employee is learning so that they can eventually become more on the team so that when I have an open job, that they're able to assume that job? And how do I create the engagement so that they're, again, completely bought into the mission, but that they're they're coming to work and they're loving what they do and it shows. And here's the thing that's so cool about this. It's cyclical because employee engagement actually drives customer satisfaction. And customer satisfaction in essence, also can drive the engagement of your team. So they really work in tandem. They're very important. But we can't miss out on how do I make sure that my employees are being developed and what does engagement look like? So for example, what are the conversations that you're having with your team each day? What are some of the check-ins that you're doing each day, each week? Do you have an employee scorecard? Do you have a scorecard for their department? What does good look like? How does she know when she's doing well? How does she know when she's not quite on track what to do to course correct? Who can she reach out to when she needs help besides you? Right? So there's so many things that you can do to help increase the engagement and the development of your team. And this is, again, one of the markers of having a healthy business. So if you don't have this in place right now, it's fine. 
But this is what the, the reason why this episode is you're listening to it right now is is because God called you to be like, oh, wait a minute. This is something I should be uh, thinking about. Right. Like this was a um, a moment that happened on purpose. So it's not like this episode is not to beat you up. Like, oh, my God, I don't have, like, no, this is for you to like I always say, take notes and walk away and say, well, what do I want to do next? And I want you to feel like, oh, my God, now I have to change everything. No. What do I do now? This is great information. I want to take a look at my staff and see how engaged they actually are. What do I have in place for the development? And are they in task and in tune with my mission? And the tasks that I give them, are they driving sales? Are they driving satisfaction or success, right? Or are they driving support? That's it. Like, it's, don't go crazy. Just, this is for you to, Again, learn, grow, and again, really start to look at the health of your business. With that being said, and this is something that even I have to work on. So I'm going to preface this this next this point by saying I'm not 100% here yet either. Um, I will be within the next six months, trust and believe. But if you go on vacation, what happens? What, what happens? So in my retail management days, we always talked about if you're, if you could walk away from your store, um, you know, my, in my heydays, I manage stores and, um, we always said, if I can walk away from my store, from my territory, uh, my last job was being a territory manager. So if I can leave the whole territory and I can't talk to any of my store managers, and I can't talk to any of my assistants and I can talk to any, none of my staff and I have to go away for a, a week. Maybe it's vacation. Maybe there's something that happened. Maybe I'm on medical leave. Maybe I'm on maternity leave, whatever the case may be, right? And I come back and sales have declined. That is a problem. The true health of a business shows when the CEO, the business owner, the manager, the boss is not around. So this could be a couple of, you can look at this from a couple of different ways. One, how engaged is my team when I'm not around? But we can even go even like, before we even get to the engagement part, do I have systems in, in place and do I have a team in place to run the business and do the things that need to happen in order for me to be able to step away and still make sales happen? So we talked about sales, right? We talked about customer satisfaction and, and uh, success, and then also support. So these are the three buckets that you want to think about. One, if I go on vacation, who's selling? Do we have an automated process or do we have a sales team? If I go on vacation, who is driving client success and support? So obviously success looks different. So it's success and satisfaction. Are we, you know, still doing coaching calls? Are we still answering questions? What are we doing to make sure that she is feeling supported in her, um, in, in driving the information that she is getting and then also being able to implement, right? So, if you are, if you have a coaching business or you ha- you're driving a course or a membership or whatever it is, we want her to one, be able to consume the content 
Two, we want her to be able to understand the content. And three, we want her to be able to implement the content. And four, we want her to be able to get results. Okay, so consume, understand, we want her to implement and then get results. If you go on vacation, what stops there? Can she still get her questions answered? Does she still have access to information? Now, this is important because if you're a one-on-one coach or if you're doing, you know, Voxer coaching or Slack coaching, then you don't get to go on vacation if she needs information. So I'm not saying not to have that kind of business model, but this is the things that I'm, these are the things I'm talking about when we talk about the health of a business. I need to be able to, as a customer, always have access to what I need. And you, as the business owner, get to, you get to go on vacation. So how do we provide the information in a way that allows for her to still have access to it, but also have access to support that she needs? Right? And then from a support perspective, who is answering tickets? If we have help desk questions or billing questions or re-enrollment questions or cancellation questions or anything like that. Like who, who, what are we doing? What is a support process? So if you go on vacation, then what happens? So that's a question to ask. What, what happens in, in my sales department, in marketing? Sales and marketing, which we call, my company we call growth. And the growth department, what happens when, we're, when we go on vacation? With client success, what happens when we go on vacation? With, with client support, what happens? And then it's what now needs to happen if three months from now, six months from now, you want to be able to remove yourself completely from the operational aspect of the business. Meaning I still am a huge part of the business. I am still a coach. I am still this, I'm, but I am not the operational piece. Meaning I don't have to be clocked in every moment in order for my business to run. And I think there's some ego here because a lot of people that I've worked with, a lot of clients that I've had, it's like, oh, but I'm the best coach ever. Don't nobody coach like me. Like I'm the best salesperson ever. No one can see me. Like I have the best, and I used to be like that. Like, oh, I'm gonna do all my own sales calls because get on the phone with me, you gonna gonna buy. But now it's like, if you are really the best salesperson, if you are really the best coach, if you're really the best of the best of the best, you can't teach somebody. <laughs> you can't teach your staff member to do what you do. You can't trust that there's someone out there that can actually do it better. Right? So I honestly believe that oftentimes we have the resources in front of us and we have the people in front of us and we have the tools in front of us, but we feel like I'm better. Like, I know that there's people who listen to my podcast and, and watch my videos and love even have having worked with me or the idea of working with me and are looking to work with me. I know that. But I also know that if I tell them, hey, I just trained this person and she's fabulous and we're actually going to work together, she and I, to help you get results, they're going to be just as happy. If someone is look, listening to this podcast and they know that I'm actively recruiting and hiring co- other, other coaches, they're not going to get upset. If someone is watching you and they're on your podcast and they're 
listening to your live streams and they're watching your TikToks and they want to start working with you and they realize that you have a team of people, they're not going to be like, oh, oh, that's how you do? Oh, never mind. Trust me, if they really want the results that you are promising, they're going to get them. They're going to buy them. They're going to buy them from you. Whether it's through your course, your program, your coaching, your mentorship, whatever. And the fact that they get into the program and realize that you've built a company is only going to excite them even more. When they see that you aren't the, I'm the salesperson, I'm the support person, I'm, I'm doing everything, my hands are tied. That's not attractive. Remember, we are running high ticket coaching businesses and we are attracting high level, high value women and men in our services. These people that we're looking to attract don't want to be everything in their own business. So it's not attractive for them to see you be all, doing all, and everything. So have peace in that. Know that, yes, I can hire help that's going to increase the health of my business and help me drive more sales and help me drive client satisfaction and, and be on it when it comes to service and really support my, my team but also my customers where they need to be supported. All right, we're coming towards the end, but I have two more points. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the offer, your offer. So you have to have a high value offer that is directly correlated to her desired transformation. This is an offer that's tested, that you are focused on, that you know works, that you are constantly up-leveling, that you're constantly driving, driving, um, constantly talking about, you're constantly in your program, talking to your, your customers, making it better, um, applying customer feedback and to uh, drive better results. And this is the main thing. So there's gonna be people who tell you have 20 offers, have the Ascension ladder, do all the things, but I'm speaking to the person who really wants to start hitting that 50, 60, $70,000 per month, 100K per month revenue. If you're already there and you already have your multi-million dollar business, oh girl, go ahead and start stacking. You know, we talk about this a lot within my um, map to millions method. Yes, you wanna simplify, scale, and then stack. So right now, oftentimes when I'm talking to you, um, you know, you guys on the podcast, it's really in the simplify and between simplify and scales where we're at. So right now we're talking about how do we keep it simple and drive that one offer so that we can put ourselves in position to scale this offer so that we have the tools and the resources and the team to start stacking other products and services. The stacking will come, I promise you. The stacking will come. You'll be able to have 20,000 offers if you want to. Don't recommend it. But the most important is this one offer. One offer. This high value offer that you are constantly enrolling. And so that brings me to my last point. What is your enrollment rate? How many people are you enrolling? Can you say that you are continuously enrolling people into your program every single month? Can you beat churn? Which means if maybe you realize that you have one person who decides to not move forward each month, that means that you need at least two or three people 
that you enroll so that you can beat that number. What if you you notice that you are, you know, last month you brought in $10,000 in, in, in revenue? What can you do to be, to make it this month be 12000 Right? How can I put my finger on this? How do I know what's working and what's not when it comes to enrollment? What am I doing to increase the enrollment? And especially if you already have people in your program, you need to know what your churn is. You need to know, on average, how many people decide to not move forward. Unfortunately, we can say that, oh, all of my clients pay in full. All of my clients love me. All of my clients always want to stay. None of my clients ever default. None of my clients ever leave me. And if that's your reality, then that's awesome. But everyone else <laughs> have clients who at some point fall off. And maybe it's only 1%. That's enough. Even if it's just one client every three months, then you know I have to beat that. Right? So can I beat churn? And can I increase sales month over month with whatever strategy I have in place to provide continuous enrollment? So this was a lot I know. So if you have questions for the, from this uh, podcast episode, definitely DM me. Um, but let's just kind of run through one reliable lead source, two, um, knowing your numbers, three, driving content with revenue driving content, I mean, um, so you're able to drive sales through content creation, not just creating content for the hell of it. Knowing and driving monthly recurring revenue and keeping an eye on annual recurring revenue as well. Having leveraged automation. How do I make sure that I'm leveraging automation to, one, drive traffic leads and conversion, two, um, make so that the enrollment process is seamless and high level, that I'm able to use automation as I need to within my customer success and satisfaction, and then also my offboarding. How can I offboard flawlessly so that my customers still feel supported from beginning to end? Team, is she bought into the mission? Is she driving sales, client success, or support? And is she engaged? And do we have a plan in place for her development? Um, side note, big red flag when you see companies um, who are a, basically having open jobs for developmental roles, for director roles, for managerial roles, when they could be hiring from within. So you don't want to be that company. KPIs, what are we focusing on every day, every week, every month? What's the scorecard look like per department? What's the scorecard look like per employee? If you go on vacation, then what happens, right? Starting to figure out what can you do to drive sales, automation, all the things without having you completely in it. The high value offer, are you selling it? Are you leveraging customer feedback to make it better? Is this the main thing? And is the main thing working and is it selling? And then do you have a way to drive continuous enrollment? Can you beat churn? What are your sales month over month? And are you beating that? Okay, so again, a lot to unpack. Maybe you want to just focus on one or two of these key points and then come back. Bookmark this episode. If you found this helpful, definitely send this out to a friend or one of your biz besties because I know that this is probably going to be one of our most popular episodes. 
And of course, if you are looking to get connected with Massive Brand Consulting and work with me personally, um, right now, the high ticket offer Elixir is the best, the best option for you. It is the most comprehensive program to help you create, market, and sell your high ticket group program. So we talk about three major things within this is the offer, obviously driving sales and automation, and then your team. So if you're looking to perfect your offer, start selling it more, get monthly recurring revenue and start stacking that, or if you're looking to drive automation by way of getting more customers, getting more leads, um, really making sure that your customer experience is what it needs to be. And then also you're looking to help build a staff that is high performance, that love you, that love the mission, and that really help to drive, again, customer success and satisfaction, then this will be a great program for you to take a look at. So go ahead and DM me or go to hightechelixer.com forward slash map. The uh, link will be in the show notes so you don't have to even worry about it. Just go ahead and click. Or you can DM me on Instagram and we can have a chat. But yes, I encourage you to apply. So if we'll take a look at your information. We'll take a look at your business right now currently. And if you are fit, then you will move forward for a map to millions call where we will walk you through one, how what's the offer that you want to create within this program or use to build. And we're going to walk you through uh, one, how to get your first five clients because chances are we're gonna, probably going to raise the price and, and make it a little fancy. So we're going to show you how to get your first five clients. And then we're going to show you what the next 12 months will look like um, as you start to enroll each month, your the amount of clients you'll need to hit your goal. And what are some of the things that you'll be doing throughout the course of the 12 months to, again, get all of this to happen? <laughs> revenue driving content, monthly recurring revenue, the leverage automation. We're going to talk about all of this on your map to millions call. So if you have any questions, hit us up. Um, again, the link is in the show notes or you can DM me on Instagram and I will talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Activate Your Massive Brand Podcast. I so hope you appreciated and enjoyed this episode. And if so, go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes as well as I would love for you to leave a review. And for doing that, I'm going to give you a free gift. So go over to tanyawalkins.com forward slash free training. And of course, to stay connected, you can follow me across social media at Tanya B. Watkins and be sure to join our Facebook group, Massive Brand Incubator. Until next time.